It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today the Adam Ritz Show is on campus at Mount Aloysius College in Pennsylvania, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we are here to honor you uh, for your community service and your integrity and your character. We are proud to partner with the Caught in the Act Awards. We travel campus to campus and give away this award to a single student athlete for their character and community service and, and their, their performance off the field. Uh, we were talking to the coaching staff earlier, and it was unanimous, unanimously voted. Uh, and this is the first time it's ever happened that every single person in this room wins this award. So congratulations. Give yourselves a round of applause. Now, I need uh, a spokesperson, one of you, maybe a senior, um, a leader, uh, a team captain, and you can pick who it is. Who is it? What? Bud? Come on down, bud. Yeah, let's give him a round of applause. Come on down. Is it Bud? Bud? Buck. Is it Buck? What's your name? Ryan. Ryan? I wasn't even close. I thought it was Bud. Okay. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. How are you? You've been chosen by your peers to be the spokesperson for Mount Aloysius College to talk about the um, community service and the integrity of every student athlete in this room. Now, what year are you and what is your team? I'm a senior and I'm on the soccer team. Okay, now I've heard from uh, earlier that your uh, conference does this uh, thing where they award um, different campuses for their community service. And out of eight awards, you guys won half of them. You won four of those awards. Is that correct? Yes. And give me an example of some of the community service projects you guys have done. Uh, the soccer team has done, we went to Indiana campus and set up a book drive where all the college students could go and buy books. Um, last year we went up right up the road and cleaned up the, the railroad museum up there. We cleaned up all the trash and stuff up there, so I'm not sure about any of the other teams. But Okay, well, you're making the, play, the world a better place, a more beautiful place. Uh, let's have a female student athlete to talk about what your team did. Who? Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Good job. Good luck to you. Let's have, now, who's this? Is your name Bud? No, it's not Bud? Okay, what's your name? Lindsay. Lindsay, okay, and what is your team? Uh, basketball. Basketball. And softball. And, and softball, softball. Yeah. double sport, all right. Yeah. And uh, either one of those teams, what are some of your service projects you've done? Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I'm your assistant. Uh, for the basketball team, we, uh, we did like a book collection. Well, not a book collection. It was a book bag set up um, in Altoona. Just uh, put more supplies and like put added supplies in, into some of the book bags and set them off to uh, the schools for like any of the needy children. Um, softball, we're kind of still thinking of some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> softball, you want anybody on the softball team? I know, Did I know you have? I know we had a couple of kids. Um, also, some of like unfortunate kids came up to the gym one day and we just like played a bunch of games with them. 
just kind of got them involved, did some team building things with them. Well, that's inspiring to everybody listening, uh, student athletes, college students, getting involved, community service, high integrity, high character. Thank you, Lindsay, for coming on the show and representing, along with Ryan, all of the student athletes here at Mount Aloysius College. Give yourselves one more round of applause. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com. We're on the campus of the University of Toledo with head football coach Matt Campbell, the Toledo Rocket football squad. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the program. No, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, I won't focus on your age because I know everybody does, although now that I've brought it up, we have to talk about it, so I guess uh, I apologize right off the bat. One of the youngest Division I college football coaches in America, you're 33 years old, um, is that a challenge? Uh, I see it as, a, as an asset. It probably helps recruiting in a huge way. I mean, how's that working out for you? Well, you know, I, when I got the job here and, and one of the things that everybody asked was about my age, and, and I said at my initial press conference that age is just a number. And really, I think when you look at this whole thing, it's about the experience that you have leaving, leading up to the opportunity that you, that you have here. And, you know, this is such a great place to start your career as a head football coach, the tradition of Toledo football and, and the great people that I've been fortunate to be around in my career leading up this way. You know, I certainly see it as an asset. And, you know, I, I, I never even think about the age. I think about the opportunity at hand and really try to do the best at the job that I'm doing presently to give me the best opportunity for not only myself but our staff and our kids to be you know to reach as, reach their full potential and be su as successful as they can be I'm 10 years older than you and I think to when I was 10 years old and you were zero I knew so much more about football than you did and now here we are uh, 43, 33 years later, and you're a head football coach in Division One college football, so congratulations. Uh, I want to talk to you about um, something I saw in your team meeting room. You've got a huge board on the wall. It's entitled Building Champions. with a, I'd say it's like a pyramid of bricks with words like and topics like attitude, loyalty, character, humility, accountability, consistency, focus, faith, uh, family. Tell us more about this board. Who came up with it? Um, and how do you, I guess, implement this with your over 100 players on the Toledo Rocket football team? Well, you know, this pyramid of success is probably a little bit copied off of what Coach Wooden had done, you know, in his program not so long ago. And when I took over the job, you know, the prior coaching staff here, there was a lot of catchphrases, a lot of cliche, but nothing that ever went back to directly, what does our program stand for? Who do we want to be? And at the end of the day, what are we trying to build both on and off the football field? And, you know, we research that we have here what's called a leadership council, which is made up from senior to freshman on our football team that's voted on by our football players. And it's consisted of 12 players at a time that, that are voted onto this board. And, you know, at that time, when I took the job over, I took these young men who are our leaders in our football program that got voted onto this council, and we sat down and I said, what do we want to stand for, and what's this program going to look like? Not now, but what, what do we want to be known for 10, 12, you know, 15 years down the road? And so we kind of, taking my lead and some of these young men's lead, we, we came up with a kind of a, a pillar of what we wanted our program to stand for. And I think if you look at the pyramid, at the, at the foundation of it, the cornerstones are our prideful work ethic and attitude. And, you know, the bottom two levels really consist of two areas that it takes no talent to have. You don't have to be a great player to have any of these things. But mm -hmm. for us to be a great football team, 
these this foundation has to be built and we have to stand for this both on and off the football field if we ever want to continue to go up the pyramid and on the top of the pyramid at the end of it is is the word legacy and you know every year no matter what we did good or bad at the end of each year we start over and that team begins to define its legacy, what it wants to stand for, who it wants to be and what it'll be remembered as. And, you know, it's something that we kind of start every meeting off with. We go back to during the heart of the season, we talk about these words and are we obtaining these foundational levels for our program to be successful? And it's it's kind of become the foundation of who we are both on and off the football field. And, and you know, I think if anybody knows me or, or our football program, they know that our program stands for doing the right thing both on and off the field and I, I'm really proud of our football team last year we we set a school record we had a 3.0 GPA for the first time ever in school history with oh, wow. over a 105 with 105 kids on our football team and ironically I think you, you saw what we did last year on the football field we won eight football games for the first time in this program's history since 1971 you know we were ranked in the top 25 throughout the year and some great things but I, it's building a, a young man that stands for the right thing both on and off the football field I'm really proud of that you're doing something right. If you've just had the most wins and uh, the highest GPA, that's uh, that's pretty good. Now, Matt Campbell is our guest, the head coach of Toledo Rockets football. You're a tall guy. Uh, where did you play? Well, I played at Mount Union, uh, Division three school, and, and played defensive end there. And, okay. and great, great place to play football. We, we lost one football game in four years and won three national championships and, you know, played under a, a legendary coach there and a guy named Larry Karras who just retired this year as the all-time winningest college football coach in college football history. So, the, you know, that was a tremendous opportunity for myself and, and to be around somebody like that. Are you still in touch with him uh, as a mentor? I mean, he's got to be proud that one of his own is now a Division One college coach. Yeah, I, I am. And really, I owe everything to his program. And, and you know, he changed my life. And, and so he's a guy that, I, you know, as soon as he retired, I said, hey, you got to go up here for, for our training camp. And he's been up here, you know, for the first four or five practices. And just to be around our kids and myself it's great to have them around and certainly we owe a lot to him it's fantastic to talk about football uh, not only on the field but off the field the integrity the character the gpa all that success coach campbell can't thank you enough for coming on the program wish you the best of luck it's my honor and go rockets adam ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker interviewing amazing people from coast to coast follow him on twitter at adam ritz or listen to him now on the adam ritz show the adam ritz show rolls on in stephenville texas on the campus of Tarleton State University, we're with uh, a member of the athletic department, Sherry Spellmeyer. Hi, Sherry. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Sherry, oh, Sherry. You like Steve Perry? You like that song, don't you? I don't think I've heard that one. Why are you kidding me? I are you kidding me? Oh, Sherry by Steve Perry? You, really? All right, now I have to. God, I, I didn't want to have I know to the sing. Sherry baby from like way back when. Sherry from baby, Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Yes. Okay, this I is. I know that one. Okay, this is, oh, Sherry, our love holds on, holds on. That's sad. I like that one, though. And I just butchered it, too. I'll Google it when we leave here. You know what? When you Google it, you'll go, oh, I know that song. I just didn't recognize it the way Adam was singing it. Okay, and I apologize to my listeners for having to have to listen to that. Okay, so Sherry Spellmeyer. You are the Compliance Director at Tarleton State University, the Athletic Department. Uh, first off, what is Compliance Directing? It is making sure that everyone follows the rules set forth by our conference, which is the Lone Star Conference, um, our university, and then, of course, the NCAA. And 
We were talking earlier, I wanted to bring up drugs, a big social topic, uh, drug abuse. And, you know, when we talk about student athletes and college students, we we don't necessarily talk about drug addiction. Um, Sure, that's possible, and it happens on campuses coast to coast. But uh, before addiction happens, you have to just do a drug. So uh, you might be saving some of these kids with your drug policies from becoming addicted to drugs and having an even worse life than they would have had they not even tried that drug in the first place. So let's talk about drugs. I'm not asking you how many student athletes are on drugs, uh, but you know, I've always wondered from, a, from an athletic department point of view, you hear about drug testing. You hear about athletes failing drug tests. Um, what's that process? Well, um, I have to be the bad guy and give our sports medicine the roster. Um, So I guess I'm setting them up for failure on that one. But then once they get tested, um, if they do fail, then they're sent to me to sign up for a drug education course. It's about an 80-week or 80-hour course um, through a star council group. It's through a local group. um, And hopefully, you know, they get the attention they need. They are tested um, to see if it's an addiction or just an abuse. Um, Was it just a one-time use, or is this individual, you know, on the road to addiction? And they get the the help they need. Is this all in-house? That's not. The drug testing can be in-house. We do institutional drug testing as well as the NCAA bringing in um, and having drug tests. But we do send them out to do the drug education. It's not done in-house. It's, again, a local group uh, or organization that does it. Now, I've always wondered from a legal perspective as well. You're talking about if a young person uh, fails a drug test, then you deal with it internally. If they get arrested for drugs, what's the difference there? If they get arrested, um, a lot of times it'll go through our judicial affairs on campus, um, and we don't necessarily get to have a say. Um, We have a pretty no no tolerance policy with that kind of stuff. Um, so if there's a, if there's an arrest, then if they are convicted, then we most likely won't have them on our teams anymore and they'll go through the legal process. Okay. And then legally, another question, if they fail a drug test, they go through your internal program, everything's fine and dandy. Two years later, uh, their senior year, they are then involved with a crime under the influence of drugs or alcohol and let's just say, worst-case scenario, there's a victim who passes away. I, just in my head of how the legal system works, can anybody come back and say, we knew he was on drugs because, look, we've got the proof here from the university. He went through this drug program. Is there any sort of, I guess, do you have staff attorneys to make sure that that's all on the up and up so that you don't get blamed because you had a student that was on drugs, so to speak? Our drug policy goes through dr- um, drug drug-free sports, and so they they scrub our policy for us. Um, So I would say they're probably one of the only ones that really test it, but we do have system attorneys. You know, if anything, if arrests and things like that do happen, um, what legal status do we have to, you know, get rid of them or help them along? Um, The program they go through has connections with um, drug rehab places and things like that, and so when they go through that program, we, we have faith that they will hopefully get over that abuse. Well, we thank you for your drug knowledge. Uh, we bring you on the show, or you know, no, it's you know what, it's a topic we need to discuss, and uh, for it's our listeners, on our campus, I haven't had to worry, um, worry about it. I've been here for three years, 
And I do have limited knowledge because it hasn't been an issue. I'm just going to throw that in there. Well, that's perfect. That's great to hear. And it, because it's, it's conversational. You and your student athletes talk about this. Exactly. Stuff. We do. Um, we have a general assembly every year. And that is the, one of the main goals um, and topics that we talk about. And we tell them, you know, if you don't take anything else out, take out that this, you know, it leads to um, life-changing events. But also, you're an athlete. So what are you doing to your body? We, we're going to expect a lot from you, um, and that's going to hurt you. So we try, to, we try to take it from two standpoints so they're not only seeing it. Well, when I go out with my non-athlete friends, I want to be able to do these things. But they also have to understand, um, well, I'm an athlete, so I'm going to be pushed. And can I be pushed with that kind of stuff in my system? So we try to get it, you know, both both directions. So maybe they won't necessarily, um, you know, maybe get caught up in, with their friends because being an athlete is so important to them. Well, we like to talk about these social issues. We don't assume uh, any of our listeners are addicted to drugs or going to do drugs. But uh, usually if you're Having the conversations, if you're talking about it, that's when you're proactive about not getting caught up in that kind of situation. So we thank you for coming on the show to talk about um, drugs and how you handle this topic with your own student-athletes. It's, oh, Sherry, uh, I'm not going to sing it. I, I promised I wouldn't, and I started to. You have to Google that song. It's Steve Google Perry. It. You know I'll Journey? Journey, the band Journey. Are you kidding me? Your face is telling me you've never heard of the band Journey. Is it bad that I'm 25 and I'd rather listen to Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons? That is not bad at all. No, that's absolutely fantastic. But uh, the song Don't Stop Believing." Okay, I know that, but I didn't know they, who okay. it was sung by. Is Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. But I do know Frankie Valli. I'm okay. just going to throw that out there. Well, now, so. You know what? You are going to... I'm going to know Journey by the end of the evening. And you're going to download this song. I and am. Not illegally. Make good choices. It's Sherry Spellmeyer. Uh, Compliance Director here at the uh, Athletic Department of Tarleton State University. Sherry, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your knowledge and wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, this is Dave Christensen, head football coach at the University of Wyoming, and you're listening to the Adam Rich Show. Coming to you from Miami, Florida at Sun Life Stadium. We're in the bowels of Sun Life Stadium. I don't even know what, this looks like a batting cage I'm standing in with our special guest, former Miami Hurricane, former NFL star, and former, uh, or I guess current, you, you never lose this title, Super Bowl champion, yes, yes, yes. Kip Vickers is joining us. Hi, Kip. How you doing, sir? How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for joining us. And what year did you win your Super Bowl? It was 2000 with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, we, we beat up on a... a pretty good Giants team in Tampa so it was it was an awesome opportunity to, uh, to actually come home because I'm from Central Florida uh, and and win the Super Bowl that was that was pretty cool now what uh, maybe that year well first of all I got I have a little connection with your Super Bowl team uh, Corey Harris Yes. was on your team. And he's from Indianapolis. He played at Ben Davis High School. I actually played in all, uh, the All-Star game with him. Mm -hmm. uh, one of us won a Super Bowl. One of us didn't. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, do you keep in touch with these guys? Um, I, I, I try to. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think once you leave, it's kind of difficult at times because, you know, everybody goes everywhere. Um, you know, but there are guys I run into, you know, events like this. Um, you know, when you come to a game or something like that, you might run into some guys. But uh, I try to keep up, keep up with a couple guys. Um, right now, I've been reunited with a, a bunch of, you know, the old Hurricane players. Uh, they do a really good job here of um, 
you know, contacting each other and keeping keeping up. But I think it's hard when you have different teams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have Baltimore, you know, Baltimore, you have Indianapolis. You know, so it's a little difficult. But I try. You know. So that Super Bowl is 2000. So I'm guessing in 2015 we'll have a big 15 year celebration at one of the Ravens games, and they'll bring the whole team back, and you'll go out at halftime and wave to the crowd and all that. I really hope so. I really hope so. I, actually, they had um, what was it? Um, I'm going to say they had a reunion um, not too long ago. Uh, a friend of mine, um, um, uh, Spencer Falau, he put together a reunion um, well, more than a few years ago now. But um, And that was really cool. A lot of the guys came back. Trent came back. Ray was there. Um, well, he was still there. Um, so it was, it was, that was really cool. I hope they do that again. That would be really cool. Well, you mentioned you played for the Colts as well. Yes. I think the Redskins, you said? Yes. Uh, actually, you know, when they did the reunion uh, in Baltimore, they had the, uh, a lot of the old Baltimore Colts um, come to that I'll reunion too. So it was, it, it was really cool. It was really cool. Kip Vickers is our guest, and uh, we're at Sun Life Stadium in Miami. Uh, for the all-pro dad, father, yes. and kid experience. Now, you're here uh, n- not just as a, a former player, but uh, I'm assuming as a, as a current father. You've yes. got the all-pro dad shirt on. Tell us how you got involved with all-pro dad. Um, it was an organization um, founded by Tony Dungy, and, um, you know, I, I'd been hearing about it, that kind of thing. Uh, made a phone call. Uh, I, think, um, I think it was in, when I was in Baltimore. Um, Rod Harris, uh, he was the chaplain there. Um, and I think a bunch of the guys got involved, um, kind of stuck with it. Uh, I, I really enjoy and appreciate what they, what they represent, um, being a father, being a parent. Um, I have, I was adopted, and you know I know what my father meant to me. Um, I didn't appreciate it when I was younger, like most kids. But uh, as I got older and became a man. You know, I realized what value he provided for me in my life. And, you know, he passed away when I was a sophomore in college. But, um, you know, looking back, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. And to be able to, you know, I won a Super Bowl, came home. My mom was around, but my dad wasn't. To have been able to share that with him would have been an awesome experience. Um, But I wasn't. But, you know, now I have the opportunity to be a father to my children, um, to be in their lives, to take my responsibility as a parent very seriously, and, and I do. Um, and, you know, there's no perfection in it, but, you know, my heart is to do what's right and to, to help them as much as I can. So I think uh, all pro dads, they represent that kind of, you know, desire, not perfection, but the desire to be the best parent that you can be. So That's fantastic. That's great to hear. Uh, I'm sorry about your dad uh, passing. And um, when you're out at events like this, I noticed uh, people coming up to you. You, You're you're a celebrity. I mean, people still love you. They want to see those Super Bowl rings. Uh, You've got a couple bull rings on, I think. Uh, You're big time down here, my brother. Um, Big time, I don't know. There's a lot of big time down here. I don't think I'm in that circle. But, you know, I I think they appreciate... um, you know, the sacrifice and what it takes to, to win and, and be a champion and also be a parent. You know? Well, that's the great thing is that uh, with that celebrity, people mm-hmm. want to take pictures with you. Yes. There's almost an instant credibility at an event like this where they'll listen to you and what you have to say about being a great father. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's awesome to have a platform. Um, and with that platform, you need something to say. And I think with, you know, conjunction, being... Uh, joined with uh, all pro dads, it definitely, you know, the importance of being a father, you know, just coming here, you know, 
it represents that. You know, I, it's said without saying it. You know, being a father is important. And I think I try to go out every day and, and try to be that for my children, you know. So um, I know the value. I know the value um, looking back in my life. And I just I encourage people, I encourage men to be that, you know, be that father, to be that dad to for their children. It's it's needed. It's needed. Kip Vickers is our guest, um, a great role model with All Pro Dad and being a great father. And I've got to give you um, some props as well for being a great role model with physical fitness. You were an offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, people, we've seen the ESPN 30 for 30 on the offensive line and uh, HBO Real Sports about how these guys on the offensive line in their retirement gain an extra 100 pounds, their heart, their heart problems, uh, there's health issues, their knees give out because of the weight. Mm-hmm. You've gone the other direction. You were an offensive lineman, and you look like you're in the best shape of, uh, of any linebacker's life. I mean, is physical fitness, um, I guess, part of your life that you obviously teach your kids? Do you share it with other people? I mean, not just being a great dad, but physical fitness and eating healthy and all that. Uh, I can't believe you were an offensive lineman. Um, at, at times, I can't either. Um, it's just <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's been something... Um, you know, you, you learn how to eat. You learn how to be healthy. I think, you know, the longer you're in the league, it becomes important. And when you leave out, um, there's just, you know, so many different things, different directions you can go. And um, I, I was. I, I did get bigger. I was a lot bigger than I am. I mean, just, what was your, just give our listeners some perspective. What was your playing weight, and what are you weighing now? Um, my playing weight was, I think, the heaviest. I was, like, 320. I, I, that was like the absolute heaviest. I think I played on average around three ten. You know, uh-huh. um, right now I may be like two fifty something like that. Um, but um, and I mean it's it, it's distributed. This is not a big giant gut two fifty. This is big shoulders. You know, big legs, muscular man, still a big football neck. This is not beer gut 250. This is healthy 250. I'm amazed you were an offense. I, when, I was, when I met you earlier, I thought, oh, that guy must have been a linebacker. I, I, I think also it goes back to, you know, my father died when he was younger. You know, he didn't take care of himself. Um, he sacrificed himself, worked hard every day, and, you know, he took care of my mom and, you know, anything she needed, whatever, doctor, this and that. But he never went for himself. He never did those things to take care of himself. And, you know, like I said, when I look back at that Super Bowl, to have had him there, you know, wishing that he would have taken care of himself. So I think as a parent, as a father, you know, I had to take a step to, to ensure that my best opportunity to be there for my children when they got older and that kind of thing. So I, I take this thing very seriously. You know, um, I don't know any... 300 pound 80 year old men and I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm going to be the first so you know <laughs> I just I just don't so and and that's a part of you know you you learn how to eat in the league and you you know what to do it's just when you leave you know there's you know there's this you eat you know yeah. you eat you kind of you can't replicate the activity that you had in the league so it becomes difficult but um it's important though well, yeah, you know, while you're playing, you're, you're working eight hours a day burning calories. You retire, you're sitting on the couch. So that, that weight can go the other way. Well, uh, the party continues at Sun Life Stadium. We're here at the All-Pro Dad Father and Kid Experience. Lucky enough to be hanging out with Kip Vickers, uh, former Miami Hurricane, former NFL player with uh, the Colts, the Redskins, the Ravens. Won a Super Bowl in 2000 with the Ravens. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you, pleasure to meet you. 
Uh, and uh, it's just a pleasure to hear about your work as a father with All Pro Dad and your, I guess, how physical fitness is at the forefront of your life as well because you want to you wanna not only see 80, let's go for 100. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll have a party. <laughs> I want you to be there now. I'll be there. I'll be right there with you. Let's I'm not going to wait 300 either. <laughs> let's do it, man. <laughs> And now, a truly inspirational story on The Adam Ritz Show. Inspirational story out of Memphis, Tennessee. At the University of Memphis, Memphis Tigers assistant basketball coach Robert Kirby, who lost his mother 17 years ago because of complications from kidney failure and lupus. Well, Coach Robert Kirby, he donated a kidney to his sister Virginia Kirk this week. He hopes to be back at practice uh, in the next few weeks. The procedure was performed at Methodist University Hospital in Memphis. His sister, Virginia Kirk, married with three children and five grandchildren. Coach Kirby is married and has two children, and he said his wife, Valerie, was in full support of his decision to donate his kidney to his sister. Kirby will spend the next several weeks resting and healing, and Memphis is expected to be ranked in the preseason top 25 and challenge Louisville and UConn for the new American Athletic Conference regular season title. Hats off, shout out, very inspirational. Thank you so much, Robert Kirby, coach, uh, assistant coach for the Memphis Tigers basketball team, for being an inspiration to all of us. I'm Adam Ritz, and we want to welcome our newest affiliate, WXTY in Whiteville, North Carolina. Thank you so much for joining our uh, family of affiliates as we uh, spread this social awareness, public affairs talk show across America. If you know somebody in radio, somebody in programming, somebody that would like to hear this show or have it on their broadcast, their programming, their channel, please let me know. The best way to get in touch is through Twitter, at Adam Ritz, just like the Crackers, Ritz Crackers, R-I-T-Z. It's at Adam Ritz on Twitter. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.